0: You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Up Your Brave show here on Reality Check Radio. I'm your host, Natalie cutler Welsh, And my next guest is Tanya Unkovich. She is a speaker, an author, a mentor, and candidate for New Zealand First in the Epsom electorate. Today, we're going to be talking about the topic of going from grief to greatness. Welcome to the show, Tanya. Good morning. Nice to be here. I know. I'm so thrilled we're finally meeting for the first time. I mean, we've messaged each other over the past, I don't know, five or six years, multiple times, but we're finally getting to connect. Yes, yes. Isn't
0: it strange how we do this, right?
1: (laughs) Well, I'm excited to share some of your journey and also talk to you about the very topical topic of politics today. For those of you that don't know Tanya, she was actually born in Dargaville, Northland. Um, The first generation of New Zealanders, her parents come from Croatia. And over the past 40 years... Tanya has amassed personal and life experience doing a Bachelor of Commerce degree at Auckland Uni back in the 80s, and she also became a member of the NZ Institute of Chartered Accountants and then working for Air New Zealand. I love how your journey has brought you so many places. She is no stranger to adversity and overcoming adversity and the importance of building resilience, which instigated a pivot in her career towards the area of mental health. Since that time, Tanya has authored four books, spoken to large audiences, and become an international personal and business mentor. Her love of writing has seen her published in numerous publications over the years, both internationally and and nationally. Uh, And today, what drives Tanya is her passion for increased awareness and solutions around mental health, um, and that is one of the drivers that led her to stand for the New Zealand First Party and enter the public service on a greater scale. Well, that is quite an undertaking. Um, before we dive into the political side of things, I would love if you could share a little bit with us around your journey, your backstory, I suppose it is, from grief to greatness.
0: Mm. Well, it's not one that I planned, as you can imagine. No one wants to plan grief in your life, but really it was grief that led me to go from being an accountant, being in the area of commerce, to then studying to be a therapist and I did that in my mid 30s because I was facing the journey of infertility with my then husband Phil but leading up to that time I you know I had a lot of troubles as a teenager and even in my 20s I really struggled with certain areas of my life which we can talk about later but it wasn't until I really had to face grief head on the grief of not being able to have my own children and you know for a croatian that's a really tough thing because we breed <laughs> And uh, not being able to have my children was a very pivotal moment in my life. And that was what led me to go and study to be a therapist. And I really specialized in the area of grief. And then coincidentally, over the next few years, I had so many people around me being diagnosed or dying of cancer. And both of my parents were diagnosed and thankfully they survived. So it was like me and Phil then at that time, we became like this little central hub where everyone used to come to for support when they were dealing with grief. And it wasn't until my 40th birthday, when I gave up on the desire to have babies, I thought, I'm too old now, that I realized maybe this is why it all happened, because that was when Phil was then diagnosed with cancer, and he he died five months later. So it was like that was a bit of an apprenticeship for me, you know, and at 40, really having to face grief head on, like nothing one would ever want in their lives. But it was also during that time that I then had to answer those big questions. Who am I? And where am I going? I had to really redefine who I was in the world and what am I here for? So hence the journey from grief to greatness. And over the next decade and a half, it was that was the big discovery. Who am I? What am I here for? How am I going to make meaning and purpose of my life again? How will I contribute back to mankind with everything that life has dealt me and do it with grace? So that is it really from grief to greatness and showing people that actually you can overcome anything and find your own greatness.
1: Well, it's an inspirational story, and I just want to take a moment to send some love, big love, to anyone else out there who has struggled with infertility as well.
0: Mm. Because it's a I, tough journey.
1: I am. I. I can. I imagine it would be heartbreaking.
0: Mm. Well, and it also does your head in a little bit too, because every month you go on this real high and then you're on this terrible low. Um, it really was eight years of real struggle and, uh, it's the loss of a dream. You know, that's what you're really grieving is the mm. loss of that dream. So yeah, big love to anyone out there who's out there. Cause I know it's not an easy thing.
1: Mm. Well, you've gone on to do amazing things, and now I know to use your words, you've um, I think you said to me earlier, you're stepping, you know, out of the sidelines and into the arena. Mm. So how does that feel? I mean, here we are. And literally, I'm going to publish this, st- you know, a couple days after we're recording it. So it's hot off the press, everybody. How are you feeling at the moment? Like, I know it's a bit of a um, must be very busy and hectic in the lead mm. up to the election. How is it going for you?
0: I'm really enjoying the journey, if I'm to be honest. I'm really enjoying it. I really wanted a challenge. And so this is very much stepping out of my comfort zone. But I'm also one of these people that goes, you know, Tanya, you want to be at the end of your life and go back. I'm really glad I did that. And I'm living one of those moments now. So whenever I feel discomfort, I think of that. But I also think of Winston Peters, who's 20 years older than me, and he's just out there doing it hard. So I think of that and then I get back up again. So it is hard work, no doubt about it. Uh, Emotionally, sometimes you do go up and down a little bit uh, because it it, it does get tiring. So when you're tired, you feel a little bit disempowered, but you just get back up again. And you know, if I was to summarize it, I am really enjoying it. I am really finding it quite exhilarating. Well, that's that's exciting. Yeah.
1: I I, just the other day, I actually sent my parents, they live in Wellington, and I sent them that the video of Winston doing the if poem, which some of my listeners know I did the if poem about a week or so before um, Winston did it, did it. So it's been a topical topic. But um, yeah, no, they enjoyed that as well. So how so you're you're in the midst of it you're actually coming we're coming to the to the end of it soon how are you guys what response are you getting because obviously you're one of the smaller parties I'd Mm. love to know this is a multi-prong question what response are you getting from the public what response Mm. are you getting from the other media
0: not a lot of response from the other media I have to be honest with you there I'm really surprised that uh, they do not publish much at all. It's interesting to be on the other side. I noticed that the photos that they, I always say that New Zealand First is not full of grumpy old men. There's lots of women in the party and we've all got big hair. And uh, funny, (laughs) I said that at a rest home the other day and blow me down. They showed up. These um, lovely people from the rest home came to one of Winston's meetings in Remy Ware and he said, I actually had to come and have some proof that there were young women there with big hair. And he said, I'm pleasantly surprised. So the media aren't publishing that though I'm finding that they're taking photos of everyone who's say 70, 80 plus, God bless them, but not taking too many photos of us young people. So that's really interesting. Uh, Not publishing a lot of favorable stuff, but you know, it's what you feel in the room when you are talking to the people that matters and the rooms are full and people come up to me in some way apologetically saying, I don't want to say this too loud, but I'm going to vote for New Zealand first. So it's really interesting. People don't want to go out there and admit it, but they're actually quietly. There's this groundswell of Mm. uh, support for New Zealand first. And I think there's going to be a beautiful surprise on October the 14th.
1: Yeah, well that's. I'm feeling that too. I mean, I'm I'm obviously quite busy in the the Telegram space. You know, I I, I my my people are truther freedom fighter anti-mandate type people and a yeah. lot of them are talking a lot about New Zealand first as well as a really um not strategic option, but like uh you know, a really solid option, I would say in terms of where to put their vote for me. I don't know if my listeners know this, but I am a long-time I've only ever voted Green Party. I've been in New Zealand for 27 years. And um, given the experience during COVID, if there was any party that should have made a stand for human rights, it was them. And yeah. so they totally lost my support. And since then, they've just gone all woke and crazy, like a lot of you know, like labor and such. So... Um, it's been interesting. Uh, what is what is New Zealand, talk to us, for those that don't know what your policies are, if you could sum up a few things that what is New Zealand First all about? And if we vote for them in our electorate and possibly party vote as well, you know, let's go with both. What are we hoping to get?
0: Well, look at the name, New Zealand First. They put all New Zealanders first and they are very much about a party of unity, not segregating. They are very much, you know, there's that saying, a house divided cannot stand. What's the point in building a strong economy if the people are squabbling and separated? And that was one of the things that brought me to New Zealand first. I've been a blue voter all of my life, and it was during 2020, 2021 in particular. Uh, I was thinking of politics a little bit before then, but it was in 2021 when I saw the segregation happening within our country and that we had no, no one standing for us, the people as a whole, that I then investigated New Zealand first. And within hours of reading their website, two things happened. I went, why on earth have you not voted for this party before? Because I saw how centrist they were. And I thought, gosh, you're actually quite a center girl. Um, But also I just knew that they were sticking up for all of the people. And I couldn't believe that I'd never gone back and researched before I did my vote. I just blindly went and ticked the same two boxes that I've ticked all of my life without knowing what I was ticking for. And this was a big eye opener for me. I thought, you know, you're an intelligent woman, Tanya. Yet you've just followed the crowd or followed what you thought you should do. And when I finally read everything that New Zealand first stood for, they basically for me, the big thing is unity, peace. I know it sounds a bit woo-woo, but without unity, without togetherness, uh, what's it worth? What's it all worth if we're we're all squabbling and separated and fighting and can't get on, you know? So what I loved about Winston was he did go and speak to the protesters. He does try and bring us all together. He does listen to us all. Gosh, can you hear me going on and on <laughs> about why I love New Zealand first? <laughs> I
1: can. And it's interesting because, like I said, you and I have met only through Messenger Um, over the years and when you and I jumped on today I thought wow like these are the words that jumped out at me like um you know confident and genuine and but I feel like you're very strong you know and Mm. I when I think of I guess Winston Peters he is the the face of New Zealand first but like you said there's so many more people in the party but when I think of him I do think charismatic you know and a bit of a charmer uh but also he the thing I like about him is he doesn't seem to care as much what other people think like he and he'll stand strong he'll stand up and he'll mm-hmm. you know get in the ring and you I feel like you have that energy too I feel like you really are well matched to New Zealand first I don't know a lot about national all I know is someone said the other day I wish they would just do what it says on the on the box you know yeah. like because they're not really for New Zealand they're not really national anymore they're more like globalistic <laughs> so it's interesting What about you personally? What, I know you care a lot about mental health. What are some things that you would love to see um, changes made or things brought in? um, If you do get in, and I know you're, I think you said to me earlier, number eight on the list, which is very, there's, there's potential there.
0: Yeah, there is potential there. I think we need over 6% and I'll be in. So of course we want more than that, everyone. Um, What are some of the things that I would like to see? Well, the things that Winston is talking about, actually, he's openly talking about reclaiming democracy. We're losing it. Stop separating the people. Stop putting a wedge in between the people. And that is what so many people are out there doing. And yeah, I will say it. The media does it as well with what mm-hmm. they they publish. It separates people. It doesn't create an environment of unity. He, he wants to fix problems that can be fixed straight away. We don't need to wait for X amount of doctors to be trained or for an, a new hospital to be built. We can bring thousands of health workers back in next week if we drop those silly mandates. You know, practical, common sense stuff. I know it will be great to have all these nice roads built, but everyone get off your chuff and let's fix the potholes. Let's do some of these things that can be fixed very quickly. Instead of dangling this nice, bright, shiny thing in the future, Winston talks about basic common sense stuff that uh, can be fixed within months. And uh, I was going to say something else then, but it'll come back to me. So yeah, Incoming. I was asking
1: about mental health as like something that you personally have um, a lot of concern about.
0: Yes. well, with regards to the mental health, he will support the Gumboot Friday cause. He will look into the where did this one point nine billion go to that was allocated for mental health. He will he is listening to the people who have been damaged with the vaccine and things like that, people who are suffering physically and mentally, people who have lost their jobs, who are still mandated out of work and are being treated like second-class citizens. That is all affecting everyone's mental health. It affects my mental health, seeing what one human being is doing to another. He's going to put a stop to that. And all we want, all some of these people want, is they want to be heard, and Winston's hearing them. That's why we have therapists. They just need to be heard, and Winston is one politician who is listening to all people.
1: What about, because I? what about the therapeutics bill? What about Three Waters? What about investigating what happened during COVID? Any comment on that regarding New Zealand First
0: Sense? Uh, well, that's part of the reason why I'm with them. I'm someone who's taken vitamins for the last 30 years. And uh, you, I've got a stack full of stuff. And that's why I feel that I'm so healthy as I take care of my health and I supplement. And the thought of that not being able to continue is just horrifying. And I know Winston is going to turn that around. He'll repeal the therapeutics um, bill. He will, uh, now what were the other two, the three waters? He's going to stop that. He's so against the separatism and the co-governance. And oh, you mentioned a third one. Remind Yeah, me. the
1: other one was so investigating what happened during oh, COVID and then I COVID. yeah, and, I th- and the co-governments. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yes. No, investigating, he's going to do a full inquiry, just like the Albanese has just also said. He's probably copying Winston, actually. Albanese has also in Australia said, mm-hmm. we're going to do this. But look, you don't need to look far to see that actually everything they did was pretty bad. Um, we can see it already. I mean, we all saw very early in 2021 that. Uh, Things weren't the way they were being told to us. So, yeah, you didn't need to be a rocket scientist to see that, really, you know? So, Winston wants to get to the truth, and I don't think it's going to take much for us to see the truth.
1: And I mean, I personally think a lot more people are seeing the truth. The other week when I did my interviews, if you guys missed it, I talked about um, River of Freedom. I talked to Mark Lapwood, who is the cinematographer. Um, And of course, as you mentioned, Winston was the only politician that came and talked to the people. Two more Mm. issues I'd love to ask you about, just so our listeners who might not have done all their research um, can quickly get a handle on generally what is New Zealand First all about. Because many people like you used to do would just go and do as they've previously done, right? They just follow, they just wouldn't read the brochures or they'd just be like, yep, I'm blue, I'm red you know me i'm green like and i was very involved i actually stood i was number i think 23 on the list back in 2005 i was the Christchurch central candidate so i know all about being on the political panel um so good on you number one good on you for putting your your hat in the ring and i know it's uh, quite an undertaking but two under two other issues i'd love to ask about the whole transgender um and sexual ideology in schools thing the stance of new zealand first and then climate change
0: Yeah, well, New Zealand First are very much about client adaptation. They don't go, you know, some people are saying, oh, you're anti-climate change. That's not the case at all. It's about anti fear, to be perfectly honest, stop the alarmism and stop pushing fear. The people have already had enough fear pushed into them these past few years, and it has divided people. And now here we have another topic, climate change, global warming, whatever you call it, is another topic to divide people. And there is so much fear and alarmism that is being pushed. And that is what New Zealand First actually don't want. They actually say, yes, the climate's been changing. It has been changing for goodness so many years, but let's adapt to it. Let's actually do something about... The slash, let's do something about the potholes that are created from these climate events. And that's part of the things that uh, the Provincial Growth Fund has been used for is to create stop banks and things like that whenever we have these big weather events, but stop pushing the fear. So that is what I really like about their stance on climate change. And the other one is the um, the bathroom situation, right? And yeah. the sex education in schools. Well, one of our policies is to remove that from the schools, especially for primary schools and also for any bathrooms going forward to ensure that there is a unisex bathroom there. And, you know, so many people are saying, oh, he's transphobic. It's just this and that. No, it's not at all. It's about protecting all New Zealanders, even those people who are transgender, et cetera. It's about protecting them so that they've got their own bathroom and protecting women and protecting men. It's about protecting everyone. But unfortunately, what gets grabbed is a soundbite and then a narrative is pushed and then that narrative continues to get pushed. And it's actually not true. Just because it's pushed doesn't mean it's not, uh, doesn't mean that it's true. So yes, those are, those are two items that are for, are also attract me to New Zealand first. Take care of all of us.
1: I think, I mean, I am I am an optimist, this is true, but I think more and more people are cottoning on to, you know, the, just the way that the media can slant things. Like you said, you know, someone will say something, they'll grab a soundbite and they'll misrepresent it. Yes. Um, you know, like, it, 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 I mean, they, they did that to me. I was in the stuff, you know, mag, um, twice, two or three articles written about me, taking what I said out of context, you know, the photo that they showed, it was like, it, it was me at an amusement park with my kids, but they made it look like I was at the Wellington protest, which unfortunately uh, I wasn't able to go to. But the point right. is, they'll take a photo, they'll take a statement, they'll put it out of context. So I think more and more people in New Zealand are cottoning on to that mm-hmm. and that a lot of people's things are get misrepresented. So I would encourage people to do your own homework when it comes to what political bar- party you're going to vote for don't mm-hmm. just go with who you've always gone with. I mean, I think there'll be, there's a lot of people that are making a change. They're voting for oh. a different party than they've ever voted for before. What do you think? Yeah, that?
0: I agree. Well, I'm one of them, <laughs> you know, I'm one of them. And there are a lot of people who are coming up to me quietly and sending me emails saying, we are so grateful that you are standing with New Zealand first because we're following you over, yeah. which is great.
1: Yeah and especially you know let's let, going back to your journey i mean especially the journey you've had and mm. i also wanted to send you love for your husband because again that grief and loss must have been huge for you and then you know dusting yourself off picking up the pieces moving on finding things that fulfill you which is so mm. critical how did you become like the i know there's a story there around how you became a counselor because you went from literally being an accountant <laughs> yes. dealing with numbers over to becoming a counselor, um, how did that happen? And also, how are those skills helping you, you know, in this new role of being a candidate?
0: Well, um, as a teenager, I struggled with body dysmorphia. And back in those days, you know, some the, the terms that were used were anorexia and bulimia. You don't hear those terms too much now, do you? But for me, thankfully, I, I was never bulimic and I was never... Um, that thin that you could call me anorexic. I I had I suppose what you call more body dysmorphia, and I used food for comfort. You know I was a binge eater, but thankfully I I never knew how to throw up, so that was a bit of a blessing I suppose. And I never became dangerously thin, but thin enough in order to not menstruate for three years. So I was thin. So that is, that is a tough journey, and I'm sure that there's a lot of young people who are going through that today. I know it's rampant. And that kind of morphed into my, my 20s as well, to be honest. I found a 12-step program in my late teens, which was a godsend because I believe that learning that skill of living one day at a time and all of those other amazing things that you learn in a 12-step program have helped me in my life. But uh, that journey with food and the journey of surrender and acceptance and learning to deal with what comes up when you put the food down, whenever you, when you eventually stop overeating, the feelings come up and you've got to deal with those feelings. So it took me many, many years to work through that. And then of course, when Phil died, then, you know, I had to revisit that again, So I was a personal development junkie from the age of 16, and I actually took myself off to a therapist when I was 16. Interestingly, my parents didn't know, but I knew something wasn't right. I just didn't feel okay about who I was. So it was a big journey of uh, learning how to like who I was, actually, Uh, accepting myself, accepting the whole changes in my body as a young woman. And that was where I became, like I said, a bit of a personal development junkie. And that was a big part of my life. And it was when in my 30s, after a few years of not being able con- to conceive, and the grief around that was just, it was Oh, it it just, I got so stuck, actually. I didn't know how to move forward from that grief. And that was when I decided to go and study to be a therapist. But really, I think my main intention was to learn how to deal with the grief. And then, of course, Phil's death. And that was how that journey happened. It was just from my own adversity. And that's where the, the later books came as well. I've written a book on food freedom, how to overcome that journey. And then, of course, grief to greatness. So, it well, was... I would,
1: what we'll do in a moment when I ask you about how do we connect with you, I would love it if you could share the links so or how people can find out more about those sure. books, because there are a lot of young people struggling. So, you know, I'd love to talk a bit more about young people. I mean, we look back at growing up and what we struggled with, and now it's such a different world, of course, for them with the social media and yeah. the whole COVID experience with so many kids, not, some of them not being able to go to uni because of the choice that they made, Um et- et cetera. So let's, you know, in terms of New Zealand First and the young people, um, do you think they're going to come out and vote? You know how some young people do and don't vote?
0: Yeah, look, I really do hope that they do because it is their future. I really do hope that they do. And what's it going to take for them to come out and vote for New Zealand First? Well, know that New Zealand First is very much an advocate for mental health and Winston has been involved with Mike King's Gumboot Friday and we will continue to support that. But also to be able to ensure that the young teenagers get the counseling help that they need. Now, if I didn't get the help that I needed at 16, God knows where that would have gone. And some of these young young ones now, 16, 18, yeah, you're too young to vote at 16, but you know, even as a late teenager, 20, to not be able to get the help if you have got a struggle with food or alcohol or something like that could lead into dire consequences. And I do feel that people are vulnerable when they are struggling like that, they're struggling with shame and especially if it's to do with body dysmorphia. And that's when you go into making silly decisions about, oh, maybe I'm the other gender and things like that. You know, if you're feeling that that way inclined. So Winston is very much about looking at protecting all New Zealanders. That's that's the key, isn't it? Looking all, Looking after all of us.
1: Yeah, it is, and just as um, in terms of people and voting, the system in New Zealand, you know, we call it you know MMP. And so I read this morning something about um, how National had said, you know, we would we would um, make an a, a agreement with ACT, and we would work with New Zealand first as well. What do you what do you what would you love it to look like? What would you love the outcome to be in terms of the numbers and who you guys end up working with? And of course, yourself, if you get in, if that's what you desire. Me
0: personally. Oh, I'd love to see New Zealand First get such a high percentage that we get a whole lot of MPs in because we've got some amazing, amazing candidates who really do care. And what a difference that would make. It would be lovely if we um, ended up getting double digits and and took some of those act votes. Wouldn't that be fantastic? (laughs) How many Um, candidates?
1: Do you know how many candidates you have?
0: We have got a total of not quite 30, but I think in the late 20s. Yeah. So that's a lot. Yeah. And well, it's I a, mean- we've got a great team, so... I, the
1: one I wanted to ask you about, because I know Kirsten Murfit down in Tauranga, I think she's also yes. New Zealand
0: first. Um, yes. Do
1: you get a chance to meet and t- to get to know some of the other candidates or is everyone just like on a mission kind of doing their oh, own Oh, no, thing?
0: we we meet. No, for sure. We do meet. Absolutely. We've met uh, recently again to do the commercials that you may have seen on television. So, no, we've met there. Uh, they travel long distances. We travel down there as well. And so, no, we do connect and we connect regularly as well on zoom and things like that so yeah we're we're very well connected which is nice
1: and how has your journey you know either the account from accountant to to counselor or all the things you've been through how has that helped you to be able to do this to stand to have the confidence to to speak um and to get your message out there
0: i used to be a coach with tony robbins i was a contract Uh, life coach and business coach to Tony Robbins. So he has a team all around the world of about 100 coaches and I was one of them in New Zealand. And to become a Tony Robbins coach, he puts you through three months of what feels like military training. (laughs) And then when you are a coach for Tony Robbins, you are coaching people all day and you learn the art of how to manage your emotional state. And I've got to be honest and say that those are some of the best skills that I'm now bringing forward into this political arena, because no matter how tired I feel, no matter how nervous I might feel, I'm able to put myself in a state of, come on, Tanya, stand up with certainty and speak your message and speak your truth. So all of that training that I've had and subsequent training with other groups, and I've got a great team of coaches around the world, and we still all stick together, those are the best skills. I have to be honest. Mindset is everything. And every now and then, you know, even leading into this, it's like, oh, Tanya, you've not done politics before, but you know what? I've done life. Mm. And I think that is the greatest apprenticeship to go into parliament with.
1: And when, if, and when you do get in is being able to maintain that pace of life and the pressure and showing up daily and everything, everything that goes with it. Hey, I'd love to ask you a few questions that I ask all of my guests. The first one is about upping your brave. And the question is, what is one thing you've done in the last year where you truly upped your
0: brave? Well, apart from doing this, the political thing, another one was making a decision to write a book within 90 days and have it published within 90 days. And the goal was for the first milestone to actually write the first draft within 30 days. And I got that done. That was my book on food freedom, how to overcome overeating and that sort of thing. I did that uh, about August last year. And it's an experience that I will hold because I made such a decision with certainty that no matter what, you were going to write solidly for 30 days. And I got it done and it's published and it's out there and it's helping people. I feel really proud about that, actually.
1: That is amazing. It's such an undertaking. I think a lot of people don't realize how much of an undertaking it is to write a book. Um, But I love the power of this, of a sense of a sense of urgency.
0: Yes. Having a deadline,
1: you know, and especially when you claim, I mean, I imagine you told people or maybe you were doing a program, but uh, when you tell people I'm going to do this thing by this date, um, then making it happen.
0: Oh, absolutely. And if I woke up at one o'clock in the morning and instead of lying in bed for two hours, not being able to sleep, I'd get up and write and I'd go, great. I got a thousand words done. And then I'd go back and sleep peacefully. You know, that's actually how I got it done. When, you, when you're on purpose and when you've got an outcome, you do it. Come hello or high water, you get things done. That is awesome. What
1: about your bucket list? Is there anything that you would love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime that we can possibly help you with?
0: Oh, I would love to be able to be in Parliament, actually, and make a change and know that by me being in Parliament with uh, a fantastic team with New Zealand First, that we are going to change the direction of this country and it's going to be a change for life. For all of the young ones out there, we're, we're actually going to be part of that change because I believe there's two directions we can go now. One's not great but the one that we want new zealand first is outstanding amazing
1: okay well i guess it'll we'll, we'll find out on polling day when people go to the polls but it, but until then everyone uh, we have done 200 uh, interviews on rcr all around politics so you can go and check those out you can if you haven't got the app our listener your timing is amazing tanya because our numbers doubled since we got the app last week uh so we've had so many people listening um and everyone so if you haven't listened to some of the other political interviews definitely go and check those out as you know we like to um, shine the light and talk about all the issues uh tanya how can people connect with you? What is coming up for you in the next few weeks with this campaign, of course, and how can we connect with you in the
0: lead up to the election? I am all over social media all over social media. So I've got private pages, business pages, and I've also got a political page. So you can see Tanya Ankovich for Epsom. That is my political page. If you want any resources on any of the work that I've done or past interviews, et cetera, then I have a website, tanyaunkovich.com. I've also got a YouTube channel, but truly if you Google me, it'll take you to all of my social media.
1: I'm gonna spell that for you, everybody. Tanya Unkovich, it's T-A-N-Y-A Unkovich U-N-K-O-V-I-C-H. So
0: that's you can it. look that up. <laughs> you can Google it. That's, that's what most people struggle with, actually, <laughs> is how to spell it.
1: And what have you got on the calendar coming up in the next uh, in the next few weeks? Do you have lots of engagements yes. or
0: panels? Yes, I have. I've got uh, three panels in the next few days and I've been visiting retirement villages and rest homes. I have a real love for the seniors. And so I go there actually and I talk to them and they, a lot of them just love Winston. So I'm doing a lot of that, but there are, uh, I'm busy and I've just had thousands of pamphlets delivered to my doorstep. So I'm getting volunteers organized to go out and deliver those. It is busy, but like I said before, it's great.
1: All right. That's amazing. So um, people can contact you or they can contact their, I guess, their other local New Zealand first person if they want to deliver some pamphlets.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Please. If you want to do a few steps and burn up a few calories, now's the time. (laughs) Before we wrap
1: up, Tanya, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners um, around your own journey, your own message from grief to to greatness um, or anything about New Zealand first that you want to let us know before we go?
0: This was not a journey that I had planned. However, I made a decision, and that is the most important thing you can do. What is it that you really want? And then you decide. Once you've made a decision, you can actually do anything that you really, really want. And for me, it is about now contributing to mankind on a much greater scale. God willing, I'll be in Parliament to help you. So this is the most important election of our lifetime. I encourage you to go out there and vote because you're voting for your future.
1: Amazing! Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: You are so welcome.
1: And thank you, everyone, for listening. By the way, we would love to hear your thoughts on this interview. And, of course, any political thoughts that you've got, you're welcome to send them in to me. Um, You can text 2057, that's 2057 on text, or email inbox at realitycheck.radio. We'd love to hear from you.
0: You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR. Reality Check Radio.